Would you turn to Ephesians 4 this morning, please? Ephesians 4. We've been on this for some weeks now, and we want to continue. Ephesians 4, 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Did you know that apostle shouldn't sound any stranger to us than pastor? Prophet shouldn't sound any stranger to us than teacher. And yet it does. Somebody says something about a modern day apostle and folk immediately look at it sideways and think it sounds, oh, who do they think they are, an apostle? It'd be just like saying, well, who do they think they are saying they're a pastor? It's supposed to be exactly the same. And the problem is that through the generations, we as a church have lost some things. But God never changed. Apostle just simply means one who is sent. A lot of our modern day missionaries who are truly sent to a country or to a place They are apostles. They are sent ones. Phyllis and I are sent ones to Branson. Hmm? Well, it's not our idea. God sent us here to minister. Doesn't mean you're an apostle to the whole world. You're an apostle to that particular whatever God sent you to do. A prophet is one who sees and one who speaks for God. This is still going on today. Evangelists. You know, every one of these ministry gifts are for today and supposed to be seeing them all. And we are. Sometimes people are just not calling them by the same names the Bible does. Verse 12, why were these given? For the perfecting of the saints. Well, do the saints need to be perfected? Are you a saint? Do you need to be perfected? Some more? Huh? How much perfection have you gotten over the last year? Are you the same as you were last year? Spiritually. Are you being perfected? And what did God give us to help us get perfected? Apostles. Prophets. Evangelists. Pastors. Teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. What kind of man? What does this word perfect mean? So we just got through seeing for the perfecting of the saints till we come to a perfect man. Uh, Let me remind you what it doesn't mean. In this context, in this Bible word, does not mean flawless. When we say perfect in modern vernacular, that's a lot of times what we mean. Flawless. That's not what this means. It means, help me out with it. Some of you remember? It means brought to its end, to its finish. It means, this is one of the best words I've seen, complete. Complete. One definition is lacking nothing necessary to completeness. So when a... uh, A child grows up, according to this verse, when they grow up to perfection, what does that mean? They have come to their full development. They have reached the end of their development in physical growth or whatever you're talking about. Well, he said, 
uh, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. So it's obvious what he's talking about, isn't it? Is he talking about growing up? He's talking about developing, perfecting, growing up to a perfect man, being no more children. Children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Children are easily duped, easily deceived, easily misled. And children are always changing. They're ready to ride whatever's new coming down the pike. To and fro, up and down, in and out. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say, may grow up. up. Say it again. May grow up. up. Look at your neighbor, tell them, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. up. Now tell them back, okay. Okay, I am. I'm, I'm growing up. Do you need to grow up? Just ask your family. Just ask your friends, do I need to grow up anymore? (laughs) Yes. Some people, oh Lord. I'm serious. Some people are pitiful. They're 50 years old and they just act like a baby all the time. It's pitiful. And it just causes untold problems. You know, Phyllis and I, you've heard us talk about some of our troubles we had in marriage in the first several years of our marriage. And one of the biggest things that helped us is just growing up. Yeah. But see, you don't have to grow up just because you get older. Right. It is not automatic. You can be 75 and be one of the biggest babies around. Right. And that's what's confusing to some people when they're looking at somebody and they're in a 70-year-old body, but inside they're a spiritual infant. Right. That can be confusing to people. And just because you were born again 40 years ago does not mean you've grown up either. Growth is not automatic by reason of time. The Bible said it's newborn babes. So you're not born a fully developed adult spiritually. You're born a baby just like in the natural. But as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You've got to be fed properly to grow spiritually. And I don't mean with hamburgers and hot dogs. You got to be fed the Word of God. You got to be nourished up in the words of faith. And it can't just be that you go to church and all you hear about is politics and social reform. You got to hear something else if you're going to grow up spiritually. You got to hear some Word. And not just somebody quoting scriptures in a dead fashion. It has to be words of faith, anointed words. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why God gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and anointed them and empowered them and gave them revelation. Why? Because that's spiritual food. That's going to feed your spirit. And if you'll feed your spirit on a regular basis, and then if you'll exercise it by doing what that word says... If it says, word says pray, you pray. Word says give, you give. Word says you walk in love, you walk in love. If you'll feed and do, eat and do, eat and do, you will grow up. 
Can you say amen? Amen. And it's happening right here in the Faith Life family. Other places too, but it's happening right here. The Lord told us right off. He said, I'm growing this church up quickly. And he has and he is. How many believe that we as a church have a job to do in this planet? Hmm? No, we're not the only part of the body of Christ. We're not the most important part of the body of Christ. No, no. There's a big body of Christ. There's a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful things in the kingdom. But we got our part. And we can do something. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. And you know, uh, feeding people in the natural is a good thing. But our first job is to feed people spiritually. And if we're not doing that, then no matter how much natural feeding we're doing, we're not doing our job. So we must do it. I know when uh, I wrote my first partner letter, the Lord dealt with me, you're going to have to have partners to do what I've called you to do, and it's my plan. And the first thing you're to do is to be a good partner. And so faithful partnership. So Phyllis and I talked about it. We increased our partnership. I mean, it wasn't that didn't sound like much at the time, but we were doing like $20 a month, and we bumped it up to $50 a month on some things, and we began to do some more than one partnership for ministries. And the main thing is we've purposed we're going to be faithful. Every month, that $20 is going to be there. Every month. And then we claimed partners for this ministry. And the numbers wasn't that big at first. We claimed 25 and then we claimed uh, 50 and 100 and 200 and then into the thousands now. But uh, when you do that, the Lord dealt with me to write a partner letter. And when I sat down to write it, I thought, I don't want to ask for money. I'm not going to ask for money. Well, then why am I writing this letter? (laughs) I'm not going to tell about the big needs and I'm not going to, you know... Lord, you got to help me with this. What what do I say? And, I, and then I thought, well, I want to give. I don't want to ask for something. I want to give. And the Lord spoke to me, and it's been one of the cornerstone things of our ministry until this day. He said, well, son, the most precious thing you have to give is the revelation of the word I give you. And you can give that. And that's when we started sending the free cassette. Anybody get any of those free cassettes, man? Everywhere I go, people tell me they got a, some of those cassettes. Well, that's a seed. And so we've continued to do that. And in so doing, we're sowing a spiritual meal. Aren't we? We're sowing a spiritual meal. And it has happened thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times that people say, man, that was just what I needed. When it came, it was just, well, they were hungry, they were needing something, and it cost them nothing. Well, that's a big, big part of our job. So that the saints would be matured. So they would be fed. So they would develop. So they would grow up. Can you say amen? Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Said out loud, I'm growing up in the Lord. Now go to 1 Corinthians, please, the 13th chapter. We've been on this for a couple of weeks now, and I want us to look at it some more. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 And 11. 
When I was a child, I spoke as a child. What's one of the first indicators that somebody is not developed very much? What comes out of their mouth? (laughs) Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh, comes out. Whether people mean for it to or not, it comes out. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. So as we grow up, are there going to be changes? Hmm? Is there a difference between the way a child talks and the way an adult talks? Yes. Is there a difference between the way a child thinks and the way an adult thinks or understands? Big difference. And that will be evidenced in you and in me. If we're really growing up spiritually, we're going to be talking differently. You won't be talking your problems. You'll be talking faith. You won't be talking about other people and judging them. You'll be talking love. You won't be talking about little piddly, insignificant and trivial things. You'll be talking about weighty things. About the kingdom of God and important things. You won't fall on the floor and pitch a fit because you didn't get the toy that you wanted. Huh? You won't go into depression the rest of the day because your balloon popped or you dropped your ice cream. You will think differently. You will understand differently. You'll talk differently. He said, but when I became a man, what happened? Another way of saying that is when I grew up. When I grew up, what happened? I put away childish ways and childish things. I put them behind me. I laid them aside. I put away childish things. Say that out loud. I put away childish things. Say it two more times. I put away childish things. Again, I put away childish things. Have you ever seen... A 50-year-old act childish. Oh, yeah. It is what you see more than the other. You see that much more than you do somebody acting like a spiritual adult. It's just far too common that adults are really inside children. And so they act like, I'm talking about spiritual children, and they act like spiritual children. They get their feelings hurt over nothing. They get aggravated, mad over nothing. They pout. I'm talking about adults. I'm talking about 40 year olds, 60 year olds, right? They pout. And they go into depression. And they do things to get attention. Children, spiritual children. How many know you cannot do, you can't get the work of God done, you can't get the plan of God done with a church full of kids, church full of children? Children are not up for the job. Children are just engrossed and obsessed in their own little petty world. And sadly, that's what you have in many churches. And the sadder than that is that's how most of them want it to stay. Oh, they wouldn't put up with somebody like me. No, they wouldn't. Oh, man. They'd fire me. They'd replace me. 
No, they want somebody. Little coddle them. And let them be a child for the next 50 years. And don't expect anything of me. Don't tell me I have any responsibility. That's why, you know, millions of Christians think they like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not our fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not our fault. It's just God in his mysterious ways. We don't know why it doesn't happen or why it did happen, but it's not our fault. We got nothing to do with it. We just come to church sometime. And you just ought to be glad that we came. Well, tell that to the Lord. Tell him he ought to be glad you came. See how it goes over. No, he has a job for us to do. And in order for us to do this job, we must grow up. We must grow up to be full, grown men and women of God that can handle stuff, that can deal with stuff. They can get up early and stay up late and go as far as it takes and endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And be willing to lay it all on the line and be the Lord's disciple and pay whatever price it costs. Right? And get this thing done. We have a job. This every church does. We have a commission on us. And a directive on us. We're only four years old. As a church. But time is short. So I believe God's got us on an accelerated. (laughs) Development. Program. And how many have a desire. That you and I. This church family. We could be used of God. We could be used of God. To get a lot of people into the kingdom of God. A lot of people born again. A lot of people. Restored to fellowship with a lot of people. Filled with the spirit. Full of power and in the gifts of the Spirit. Healed and delivered. Millions. Why not millions? Why not? Why not? Why couldn't God use us? Well, it won't happen. All of us sitting around sucking our thumb. Mad because somebody didn't do something for us. Huh? Can't happen. It won't happen like that. He said, when I became a man, when I grew up. I put away childish things. Now, we looked at this last time, but I want you to look at it again and go on to another area. Luke 2, we saw this with Jesus, and he is our perfect example. And the Bible said, John said by the Spirit, that he supposed that if everything Jesus said and did was recorded, that not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. So we have a really, really small portion recorded of what Jesus said and did, which should cause us to realize all the more how important these things are. Out of all the, how many believe that Jesus did not say a bunch of unnecessary, superfluous stuff? Everything he said was important. And so if we've got a very tiny, tiny portion of what he said recorded here, this was chosen out of all the important things he said and did for all men for all time. In Luke 2, look at the significance of this. Luke 2, Jesus, the Bible said in verse 42, 
when he was what? 12 years old. Everybody say 12 years old. 12 years old. Why did it tell us how old he was? Hmm? Significant. Is there a change happening in his life at this particular time in his life? At 12 years old. We ought to take note of that age. Since the Bible tells us about it both naturally and spiritually. When a, a young one has been alive on the earth for 12 years. And then when somebody has been born again for 12 years. Did you see this? Should something be happening in somebody by the time they've been in the kingdom of God for 12 years? Huh? Should they at still, having been born again 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, should they still be dependent on other people to do all their praying for them, all their believing for them? No, no. What was the turn, the change that we see in Jesus at this age? You know the story? When they went to go back home, he didn't go. He stayed back where? At the temple. Well, what did he do the year before? He went home. And the year before that? And the year before that? Right? And the year before that? What's different about this year? He's different. Something's changed in his... What was he doing the last trip they made? Instead of sitting in the temple talking about the Word, what was he doing? He was with the other kids. Whatever they were doing. Some people don't like to look at that, but that's exactly what was going on. But this year... Somebody say this year. Oh, and that's a prophetic word. This year. This is a year... That dreams come true. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Glory to God. This is a year that dreams come true. This is a year that changes occur. This is a year we grow up. We lay childish things behind. Something happened in Jesus this year when he was 12 years old. You know, I'm convinced, Phyllis and I have talked about this numerous times, people expect too little of their children. They treat children like they don't know anything, and they know a lot. They treat children like they can't conceive and understand anything. They can understand a lot, particularly by the time they're this age. By the time one is 12 years old, they're able to handle adult things. Did you hear me? They're able to begin to conceive spiritual adult vision. Oh, did you get this? 
And you'll find, a lot of you can testify to this, many, many times during this age, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it's when people have had visitations of the Lord. Not, not saying they had to have a vision, but I mean the Lord ministered to them. And they realized something about their life and about a call and about a purpose. And it's sad that a lot of them, that's not nourished, it's not nurtured, and they get away from it, and they get cold, yeah. and they go to the college and act like the devil. Yes, sir. Did you hear me? And get all messed up and waste half their life. Where if they'd have laid hold of that, I mean, if they'd have jumped on that with both feet and embraced it when they were 11 and 12 and 13 and never got away from it, then where would they have been when they're 40 years old then? Oh, where they're supposed to be. Well, if you messed up or some of us messed up, let's work on it that our children don't do that. Let's teach them. And one way you'll do it is by expecting more of them like this. Hmm? It's not okay, your daughter, your son's 15 years old, and all they care about is sitting on the couch and playing video games all day long. That is unacceptable. Well, they're just a kid, I just want them to grow up. No, no, they're not just a kid. In generations past, a boy at 16 had armor on and was fighting in battles. A girl of 14 was married. Are you listening? Now, society and generations have changed, but the true nature of human beings has not changed, and people's ability and capacity has not changed. We are, this generation is requiring far too little of its children. They're treating children like they don't know anything and can't do anything, and then when they hit 18, now they're supposed to be an adult, and they had not been developing. No, no, no. Twelve years old. He's asking these ministers that have extensive education questions that's making them scratch their head. People say, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, but he did it as a man with no unfair advantage over us. If not, then why he would have been in there when he was three. If he was born and operated in omniscience. But the Bible said he grew. He grew and developed. He was growing, he was developing, and at this point in age of his life, he was more interested in this than in kickball. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. He was more interested in the Bible than he was in chasing a rabbit yes. or in playing tic-tac-toe or going swimming. This was, now, not to say he didn't enjoy that anymore, but this had his attention more than anything else. This had his focus more than anything else. And when his parents finally found him, they said, Son, what did you, what did you do this to us? And he said, uh, uh, Didn't you know? You didn't know where I'd be? I had to be about my father's business. Is this a mark of growing up? Is this a mark of growing up? So we got all kind of Christians, all kind of Christians. In Branson and Missouri and Arkansas and all over. They're not here this morning. If all of our people who claim this is their church came. We couldn't get a third of them. In the building. Well where are they? There's a handful of them. That the Lord's got doing something else today. And it's legitimate. And there's 95% of them. 
This just too childish. And other things are more important to them. And they come once in a while when they feel like it. Hmm? Well, time is short. I said time is short. How many weeks do we have to blow? How many months do we have to waste? No. How can you tell you're growing up? You know when it's time to play and when it's not time to play. Right? Children don't know this, but adults do. Now, you need some recreation. You need some fun. God believes in vacations, but not every week. It's all right to have a hobby. It's all right to enjoy something, but not all the time, and not when it's time to do kingdom business. We have to have things, our priorities right. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Well, you know one good thing. Years ago, you'd have probably still been in the bed. Some of y'all. But you're not. Here you are. Got your Bible in your lap. Thinking about the kingdom of God. Right? What does that mean? You've grown up some. Right? From where you were. Hallelujah. (laughs) All of us have a lot more growing up to do. All of us. All of us. And one big way that's going to be indicated is our priorities are going to change. Our priorities change. Our interests change. Can you say amen? Look at this. This is such a good word along this line. Hebrews chapter 11. Chapter 11 and verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. When you're in faith, you are not afraid. Even if it seems like you've got a lot to be afraid of, when you're in faith, you're not afraid. By faith, Moses... What's that next phrase? When he was come to years. Oh, get this. When he was come to years. What does that mean? A lot of your translations say that, don't they? When he was grown. When he grew up. What happened? He refused To be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now that was a big deal. In the country. That was prestige. That was money. You could live the rowdy playboy life indefinitely. Hmm? You could do what you wanted. When you wanted. How you wanted. But something happened in him. Now what was he doing the year before that? Or the year before. There were some years. He grew up in the palace. He grew up with the money. He grew up with. And these guys. How many understand in Pharaoh's palace. They weren't having prayer services every day. To God. There was some stuff going on in there. Ungodly. He was surrounded by it. They did stuff. 
that you and I had gasped at, they thought was just normal. That's how he lived. Until he grew up. There's a lot of folks, you know, that are in living terrible lifestyles and people want to talk to them and just condemn them about their sin. But that won't help them at all. They just need to grow up. And as you grow up, some of these things will just fall off of you. You'll just leave them without a lot of effort as you grow up. I mean, there was a time when I'd spend all day on the bank of the pond with my little homemade boat. And spend hours and hours with the thing tied to a string out there wishing for a gust of wind. Huh? I'll spend a whole day messing with a little piece of cloth, trying to fix the little boat, or just do, you know, swinging from the trees. I thought I was Tarzan. I thought I was Tarzan. I had the yell down. I could do it, man. I'd spend, you know, half a day looking for the right vine that I could swing from one place to another. Uh, I thought I was Tarzan. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) You do that all day and all week. You don't have much to say when it comes service time. When I became a man, he said. When I grew up, what happened? I put away childish things and childish ways. Hebrews, are you there? By faith, Moses. How did he do this? Is this an element in us growing up? By faith. Should you be believing that you're growing up? Hmm? Put your words on it. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There was a time when he didn't see that. He thought it was just the thing to party all day. He ran... With the elite youth in Egypt. They had the fastest chariots. They had the best drugs. Yeah, they had all kind of drugs. They went to the best parties. That was their life. But something happened to him. I said something happened to him. He grew up in that. Now get this. He grew up in that. And the Hebrew people are slaves. And they're being oppressed And when he's five and he's six and he's ten, he probably doesn't even know that they exist. And he's 13 and 14 or whatever, you know, he might not even care. And he saw Hebrews being mistreated and he saw this and that. But one day, when he was come to years, he saw it really for the first time. It had been there all along, but he saw it. And instead of just thinking it's somebody else's problem... Oh, did you get this? Instead of just thinking it's somebody else's problem to deal with, it came on his heart to help him. And it got to the place where he was willing to chuck everything, his prestige, his money, his fashionable parties and friends. He, In fact, 
he refused. There came a time when he said, I don't want you to call me that anymore. Don't call me that anymore. I'm of the people of God. And I would rather suffer with them than party with you. That's growing up. I said, that's growing up. I'd rather suffer with them than party with you. Why? Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 26. See, children don't see this. But spiritual adults do. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He could see that in a few days there's going to be no reward for the partiers in Egypt. They're all going to die. It's all going to be over. Oh, but for those that obey God. Those that did the will of Jehovah. It's going to be eternal kingdom ruling and reigning. So when he grew up, he said, I'll take the pressure. I'll take the pain now for the reward later. So take my name off the royal roster. Take my name off all the party lists. Mm -mm. When did this happen? When he grew up. When did this happen? When are people today going to begin to put aside things? Lay them aside. Quit playing video games all day long. Hmm? Quit, you know, having the most important part of their day be when we're going to eat. <laughs> There's a lot of adults, a lot of adults. From the time they get to the work, what they're thinking about every couple of minutes is when's break time going to come? Break time. Break time. When are we going to get break time? We're going to get break time. Break time. And then when you get break time, what are they thinking about? Lunch. lunch. Oh, how much longer till lunch? How much longer till lunch? And then after lunch, what are you thinking about? Break time. When are we going to get break time? Break time. After break time, what are you thinking about? Supper. supper. When are we going to have supper? Oh, supper. <laughs> the Bible said in the script, New Testament says there are people whose God is their belly. That's a poor God. Your God is your belly, your stomach. It's childish that all you think about is eating. It's childish. All you think about is when I'm going to get to play. It's childish. We can grow up. I said we can grow up and we can think about something else. We can think about somebody else. Our priorities change. Our interests change. Our focus changes. Let me read some scriptures to you. Why don't you turn with them if you're able to here. Uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Everybody say when he was come to years. When he was grown up. Hallelujah. When he grown up things changed. Glory to God. I'll read this Exodus to you. I didn't read it while you're turning there. It said uh, concerning Moses, the child grew. They brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. He became her son. Verse 11, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren and looked on their burdens. And you know the story. Things were set in motion where he eventually had to leave the country. And then God brought him back in anointing. And God used him to deliver that whole nation. It wouldn't have happened. If he hadn't got grown up 
and got past just wanting to party all day and all night and ramble and race chariots. And I want you to think about it. what was Moses doing two years before this? Huh? What was he doing? They were racing chariots. Huh? They were chasing pretty girls. They were doing drugs. They were staying up all night. They were, you know, but thank God. Hmm? Aren't you glad we don't have something about Moses getting high when he was 80? In Egypt? Missed the whole call of God on his life? Where's Moses? I don't know. You know, he likes to smoke his dope. He's probably... That just don't even sound right. But it's because he grew up. He grew up. If he grew up, you can grow up. I said you can grow up. You can grow up. I can grow up. It's okay for us to have hobbies. It's okay for us to have recreation. It's okay for us to have things we enjoy. Hmm? But it's not okay for us to have our mind on that only. All day. And all night. And miss church because of it. Not ever be available to serve the Lord because of it. Right? No, it's not okay. Not okay. Let's get it in its place. Some things shouldn't even have a place. They're just childish. We got no more room for them anymore. Hmm? You know, when I was a boy, I had uh, trucks and stuff that I pushed around in the dirt. And I had G.I. Joe's. Especially had that guy that with parachute G.I. Joe. Oh, man. We figured out ways to shoot him even higher and higher. <laughs> Bottle rockets. He was G.I. Rocket Joe. <laughs> Kids can figure out some stuff. But I can't even find my G.I. Joe's now. I don't have a single truck. I don't know where it is. Why? I grew up. It was okay for the time, but hmm? I've got other things that occupy my time now. Got other things that occupy my mind. Other things that are priorities to me and focus to me. And you. Let's read this. These great truths in the scripture to remind ourselves. Philippians 2, are you there? Philippians 2 and verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse 4. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also each for the interests of others. Is that a sign of growing up? That you don't think about your stuff all the time. You're thinking about somebody else. Hmm? Instead of thinking about what they can do for you. You're thinking about what can I do for them. He said in verse 20. Concerning his helper here. Philippians 2.20. He said I have no one like him. He's talking about Timothy wasn't he? I have nobody like him. No one of so kindred a spirit who will be so genuinely interested in your welfare and devoted to your interests. For the others all seek 
to advance their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The New Living says all the others care only for themselves and not what matters to Jesus. The English says everyone else is concerned only with his own affairs and not with the cause of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that is obsessed with this. That's why people will run over you in the store and not even see you. Why? Because they're only thinking about what they are doing and what they want to do. And far as their thinking is concerned, it's like there's nobody else in the world but them. That's completely immature. And you know, in, uh, in ministry, as the years have gone by and things, the job has gotten bigger and there's more and more and more that has to be done, we have to have people that are able to serve in the church and in the ministry in every area that's not just here to see if they can get a special word or get ministered to or if we can go to lunch. Did you hear me? You've got people all over the place and they want to try to get in or try to get close but it's a pulling draining thing spiritually because they're always wanting something minister to me minister to me help me counsel with me talk to me well that's thinking about yourself if somebody's a baby that got saved last week we need to help them they don't know any better this is where they are Oh, but we got to have solid people around us, around the staff here at the church, around the associates, around everybody, the team leaders that don't show up there just so you minister to them. They come bringing something. They're not even thinking about themselves. They come thinking, how can I help you? How can I assist you? What can I do? That's signs of maturity. That's signs. Of growing up. Can you say amen? Amen. He said everybody seeks after their own things. Everybody. And not the things that are Jesus Christ. But that's not us. Can you say amen? amen? Go ahead. Stand on your feet if you would. Let me read you two others while you're standing here. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24. Just listen. He said, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him do what? Let him deny himself. Disregard, lose sight of, forget himself and his own interests. And take up his cross and follow me. The Bible said in Romans 15, 3, Christ did not please himself. He gave no thought to his own interests. But as it is written, the reproaches and abuses of those who reproached and abused you fell on me. Galatians 6 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Pray it out loud. Father God, I thank you that you are my father. I am your child. And you have ordained that I grow up and be a mature one. Thank you for gracing me, feeding me, helping me. I'm changing in how I speak. 
I'm changing in how I understand and think. I'm changing no more a child, selfish, self-interested, self-absorbed, self-centered, no more, but by your grace. Help me to see others, how to help them. See others. Be aware of their situation. What they need. What could help them. I'm growing up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.